schon keine This podcast perpetually finds itself sexually available. Welcome back to Mackie's Clubhouse. I'm Kevin. I'm Larry. And we're back again. We're uh, just about, during this episode, we'll cross over into the second half of season one. Yeah. Uh, we're just about to hit that middle point mm. with episodes eight or seven and eight of uh, yeah. season one. 13 episode season. We're, we're just hitting that middle stride. Um, although it's not much of a stride because these episodes were not that great. <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, and seven and, especially was was rough. Eight I thought was okay, not eight, spectacular but okay. Eight was better than seven, but neither one of them are like home run episodes. No, they're coming just, off of last week where they were just like two, you know, right out of the gate bang, like two amazing episodes compared yeah. to these ones that makes them just look even rougher. Yeah, I hear you. So now that we're in episode seven and eight of the Shield, that means we're you and I. This is episode like uh, five, five, so five, yeah, five. And so as we established like a couple weeks ago, like oh, Chickless wanted to be on and that sort of thing. Then last week, Sean Ryan and stuff and Sutter and them guys were trying to get in here. But now I think we're establishing a point where like from here on out, like if they would ever reboot. We'd probably be writing the episodes, I think, like where we're, where we're at in the S.H.I.E.L.D. community at this point, I would say. They'd probably just yes. get us to write it because we know we're canon. We, we know what's going on. There's a new cop who just got hired, Constable Farish. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he rides a bicycle. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. As all good cops in L.A. do. Yeah. It's the only way sure. to get around. Get yeah. around all that traffic. Remember Pack Blue? Wasn't that a TV show about bike cops? Oh, probably. Yeah, I think Mario Lopez might have been in that show. <laughs> yeah, they were just That's bicycle cops. quality right there. It is. Saved by the Bell and <laughs> Pack Blue. Now, I don't know if he was actually on that or not, but he should have been if he wasn't. Yeah. If not, they missed out. Oh, no, he was on there. Yeah. All right, cool. Yes. Perfect. All right, hold on. You know you're A.C. Slater. I, well, you know, it's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I have, you know, I have a Pack Blue podcast as well. Oh, good. Yeah, Packed in the Pants, I call it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the dog's getting ready to go on the walk, so he's going to start barking here. All right. All right, we're good. I'd be excited, too. Yeah, get the fuck out of this house. <laughs> so, All right, so, All right, episode, so seven. episode seven. I don't think we need to spend uh, a whole lot of time on this one. <laughs> We'll try to get through this one a little quicker. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if we need to go scene by scene. We'll kind of talk about the major uh, storylines in this one. Right. And uh, let's go. We'll break it down, you know, character by character, what kind of what they're doing. Um, I guess the easiest part, there's a, well, I'll save this part. There's a scene at the beginning of this episode that really has nothing to do with the rest of the episode, but we'll kind of save discussion for that for uh, one of the categories later on. Oh, all right. Part of the episode. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, basically, uh, episode seven, Pay in Pain, is yep. the title of the episode, directed by DJ Caruso and first aired April 23rd, 2002. And so this episode basically opens. There's a bunch of like, well, we don't know their gang members, but there's a bunch of people at a shooting range. And they're just all dropping in there. Like, they're all in their individual stalls, like, 
target shooting or whatever, and they all they all keep getting dropped. Somebody's killing them one by one down going down the it's line. It's kind of like a POV shot from the shooter's point of view, I guess, as you see them kind of get shot. So you don't ever see him so much. Yeah. So basically, that that happens, and then some lady comes into the station and she gives like this plea to the the cops. Is this what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. We'll save that for later. All right. And then four and, a half, four and a half minutes in deep song. Ba, 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 ba. That's where we're at. So shooting. That's a long time of that lady talking. Yeah, that four lady goes on a diatribe, but we'll talk about that later. Okay, so Vic goes to the target range. All these people are dead. He gets partnered up with, a, with another cop named Carlos. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's from another city or department, but... He yeah, works. Yeah, they this is outside of their uh, jurisdiction. Like this wasn't in Farmington. It was, I don't know if they said Beverly Hills or what, but um, yeah, basically this guy's over there, so he kind of knows the players over there. For some reason, Gilroy is loaning the strike team out to help with this case. Although it's just him and Shane, I guess we should say. Uh, the rest of the guys, I guess, have the day off. Yeah, there's no. I don't think Lem or Ronnie are in either of these two episodes. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> They're on vacation together. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Day. You know, once again, four-man strike team, and, you know, half of them are usually not there. So, <laughs> whatever. I guess there's kind of a reason by the time you get to episode eight, though, because they're, like, kind of on suspension almost. Like, they're not allowed to be the strike team because of all the allegations against them. Yeah, that's true. Um, So Vic and this dude, they start talking to the gang. Uh, Vic hates the way, like, this dude's tight with the gang members. Yeah. Like, Vic likes to keep him, you know, on a leash, and this dude's, like, buddy-buddy with him. But they tell him that maybe Wet Willie might have killed this <laughs> these people or something. Yeah. That's an intimidating uh, name, street name right there. Yeah, Wet, Wet Willie. Wet Willie's coming. <laughs> Do you remember those things? Yeah, you, oh, yeah. Like, there was two, there's two versions. One is, like, a lawn sprinkler thing that you hook up and you run through in the yard in the summertime. And the other thing, the other wet willy is like when you lick your finger and you stick it in somebody's ear. Yep. That's the one I'm more familiar with. Oh, okay. Yeah. You hooked it up to like a garden hose and it had like, I don't know, maybe eight or 10 hoses. That came, it was just a head. And when you turn the water on the, the, these hoses that look like hair follicles would like flap around and shoot water and, that sort of thing. And oh, just, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's like one of those wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men, but with water. <laughs> yeah, and much smaller. I mean, it's only like a foot off the ground and stuff. Okay. But yeah, That's I don't cool. know. Um, but anyways, so way, it's not tough. Not no, very tough sounding. Not tough in, in the least. Neither one. Uh, meanwhile, we got uh, Aceveda. He's talking to Julian. He's trying to coach him for his IAB interview because, you know, Julian's still going to rat out Vic. Yep. Uh, Shane and Vic are talking about autism. and Yeah, it's kind of an awkward scene in the car where Shane finds this, you know, book on autism. He doesn't know about Vic's kid at this point. Yeah. Vic kind of covers up. He's like, yeah, this kid in Matthew's class has it. And uh, this is, you know, my wife's book. And Shane just, you know, being Shane, just keeps putting his foot in his mouth, basically being like, yeah, I had a cousin that was retarded. Yeah. <laughs> and Vic is just, like, pissed off. He's like, if you're just going to be a fucking dumb asshole and don't want to educate yourself, like, then you just shut the fuck up. And this kind of basically leads to them being at odds most of the episode, where Shane is just on that last nerve, just riding that last nerve. Yeah. Meanwhile, this whole scene, there's 
there's this song playing and i was like what is this song like this song is fucking weird so i looked it up it's danny wood from new kids on the block i guess he had a solo thing going on or whatever yeah so that's that strike team to be listening to right it's kind of like uh (laughs) Remember in Harold and Kumar when they finally steal like uh, the 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 those bullies they 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 take their Bronco and then they get in there and they're just listening to Wilson Phillips and shit. <laughs> kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um. Not even the new kids, but solo new kids. Yeah. Yes. Solo <laughs> project. It's not hanging deep. tough. It's not hanging <laughs> tough. Um. Julian and Danny are having their fucking issues because he won't. Let you know she won't. She's mad because he won't let her in and all that. You don't tell me anything and all that kind yeah, of shit. Yeah. That same sob story. Like she's trying yeah. to work with him on this whole going to IED thing, but he just wants no part of it because he knows that she, you know, is real tight with Vic. So he's like, I'm just gonna do my own thing. Leave me alone. Um, which leads to later in the episode, Danny goes to Aceveda and asks to get you know transferred from being yeah. a part of his training yeah. office. She's like, it's not working out. But and he's he like, you're the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're our one lady. You have so, to do this. So Shane and Vic, they go and talk to Wet Willie. His alibi checks out. But Shane's having issues with Wet Willie's buddy. And he ends up kicking him in the balls. And he takes a piss on him and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Classic Shane. <laughs> he just. Because uh, the guy tells Shane to suck his dick. So Shane just like decides to whip it out and start peeing on him. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like you do. Um, Claudette is trying to get Dutch off the serial killer thing and gives him like a cold case to work on to get his mind off of it. Yeah, Dutch is very much still in that Sally headspace looking for that serial killer. Uh, He's obsessing over it, just going over the evidence over and over again and spinning his wheels. So Claudette wants to give him like a nice gimme case that they can, you know, take half an afternoon and solve it and they'll he'll he'll go back to the serial killer case on a win so it'll kind of you know rejuvenate his mind uh so they just pick like an easy one from the low priority files yeah it's it's like a medium it has something to do with a medium i think yeah Um, this medium is basically bilking a bunch of old women out of their money saying you know she'll talk to their dead husbands for them it's not a terribly interesting case and it leads to some weird things with dutch yeah yeah, because he he's he immediately is just like, you know, this is all bullshit. He's on to all of her tricks. But the second she mentions, you know, oh, there's a young woman in your life with an S name, maybe Sally. Like he totally falls for it. Yeah. And he Sally. ends up going to see her at the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, he's a it's like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Julian and Tremors 4 are talking about personal responsibility you know, because Julian knows that this guy's a bum and Julian's a yeah. cop and whatever, whatever. Who gives he wants him to get a job. Yeah, yeah. Um, Vic and Shane and Carlos talk to Jaime, and Jaime says the shooter's a white dude. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. You know what that leads to. Yeah. Uh, the Latino community's upset. Like, they're brass. I don't I don't know who that guy is. But he, yeah. He, some guy, I guess he's, I don't even know what he is, maybe a lawyer? He seems like just some kind of community activist who gets involved with these things um, and raises a lot of stink. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> he says he's always fighting the authorities or something. 
And he he's he's already convinced this is a hate crime, and you know, so whatever, whatever, kind of mirroring what's going on in the world today. Yeah, um, pretty relevant. Claudette and you know Claudette and Dutch were looking into this fucking medium. Uh, I IAB tells Vic there's an an investigation underway, but then Raid is like he's gonna look at the file. Like they get a call that like more people are dead at the grocery <laughs> store, so. Vic and Carlos go there to check out what's going on there. And there's a bunch of dead people. There's a baseball bat that has blood on it. Something seems fishy at this crime scene, Jank. Yeah, yeah. definitely does, as they'll figure out later. Uh, the Carlos, he's just like, yeah, he's interviewing them like they're, you know, witnesses. He's, But Vic, you know, he's not very trusting. He kind of thinks that something is up here, which yeah. he eventually notices later uh, that somebody has been sweeping up in the back alley. He's like, why would you sweep up after this unless they were hiding something? Yep. Uh, so he wants to bring the shop owner in to interrogate him. And Carlos is just like, oh, no, you can't do this. What are you, what's wrong with you? And that 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 big muckety-muck guy, he's like, no, you can't treat these people like suspects. And Vic's just like, fuck it, I'm doing it. And yep. Gilroy does kind of back him up on this one. Where earlier he was just kind of, he kind of ruled against Vic. But now he's just like, oh, you know what? I gave you some latitude. Now I'm, I'm just going to let my guys do their thing. Yeah. Uh, we get a scene with Aceveda and your favorite character, Dina. Yeah. Dina's back. <laughs> and he's kind of like <laughs> trying to prep her for an IAB interview. And she's kind of hitting on him and like, well, what do you want me to say? Or, you know, she's kind of doing that kind of shit. I can. Yeah. I can like, how do you want me to do it? Like, I could do it like all sweet and innocent or like some big bad biker chick. <laughs> yeah. She's a, she's great in this scene. I, I highly enjoy her. I figured you would. She's <laughs> um, hitting on Asveda, and he says something like, or she's she was like, oh, he says, you know, basically if I was 18 and single, maybe it'd be different. And she's like, oh, I would have chewed you up and spit you out at that age. And he's like, oh, don't be so sure. Which kind of sets the seeds for some stuff that's coming up with Asveda in the future, where we find a little bit more out about his past. Yeah. So um, like a little, uh, little hint they give you. Shane finds a car with ammo. It's parked on the street because at this point, uh, I'm pretty sure this is where Vic, um, Vic has Shane like just canvassing outside this grocery store. He's, he's not even <laughs> like bringing him into the building because he's kind of pissed at him and he's like, you know what? Just check all the license plates on the cars on the fucking street. Well, Shane actually finds something. Yeah, they find yeah. this ammo, and so they they run the address. They go to that house. There's people dead in there. It turns out it's like the in-laws or something. Yes, yes. Um, the in-laws of the guy who uh, who did the shooting, they're dead. Um, and I think I'm not sure if they realize right yeah right away that the the wife and the son are missing. Yeah. Um, so something's going on here, but the sister kind of shows up. She's like, yeah, you know, this used to be a nice neighborhood, but he got tired of all the Mexicans basically. Um, so he just kind of snapped, I guess, and went on this killing spree. Yeah. Because yeah, Vic interviews that dude's sister and she's kind of like, well, you know, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. She seems not, not bothered by it at all. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, let's see. Shane and Vic retrace, sta- uh, retrace steps. Someone cleaned up. 
So that's what you know. That's what we were talking earlier. They they start to realize somebody swept the alley in the back. Yeah. Because there was blood on that baseball bat earlier, and now they realized somebody swept up the alley. So somebody covered up something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So interviewing that store owner guy. Um, and Vic is really going at him hard, and Carlos is just—he's like, "Why are you doing this?" But as Vic leans into him more and more, he does get him to crack, and it turns out he had—he actually was hiding something the whole time. Yeah. That uh, that apparently he did hit him with the baseball bat, and then basically they got him down, and a bunch of the other shop owners came out and were helping. Uh, so they had him contained, and they were—he wanted to kill this guy, but he couldn't do it because he's just you know this old man who doesn't have it in him. But he's like. Uh, so we gave him to the Toros, let them do it. This uh, this Hispanic gang basically they get, turned him over to to them, because uh, the one guy, the leader of that gang, his pregnant girlfriend was one of the ones that got shot at the gun range earlier. Yeah. So so he wants this guy bad. Um, let's see. So Vic and Vic and Carlos, they find out where this dude's at. Uh, this, uh, I can't even remember, George, I think his name is. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Train was the, the gang guy, I know that much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it Train? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought they were calling him Trey, but all right. Ah. Could be Train, I'm sure it yeah. was. You're younger than me. Um, so they show up at this house, and they kick the door open, and Train grabs the wife, and he's got her at gunpoint, and then he just shoots George, and then Vic shoots Trey, and then that Carlos dude, like all of a sudden he went, he's like he's shoving the gun in the dude's mouth while he's laying there <laughs> yeah, and stuff, yeah. and Vic's like, hey man, you gotta calm the fuck down, dude. <laughs> like when Vic's telling you to calm down, like you know that's that's like Charlie yep. Sheen to tell you telling you you did too many drugs. I like that though. As soon as you go to that level and you're starting to like beat up suspects, you win Vic's respect. Like <laughs> Dutch did it last episode, where he, as soon as he started beating on the guy in the cage, like Dutch or uh, Vic kind of had respect for him. Yeah. Same thing with this one, Carlos. As soon as he kind of crossed that line and stuff, like Vic and him are buddies at the end now. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'll give you a ride home if you want. That offer's still good anytime. Like as soon as you uh, you show that you have that in you, like he'll be like, all right, you're cool. <laughs> So then we got, like, Aceveda and Gilroy and IAB all deciding that they're going to take a run at Vic, I guess. Yeah. They're going to go for it. But then they cut to Vic and Gilroy in the car, and Gilroy's telling them, listen, you're fucked. Uh, I can't really cover for all you guys anymore. You keep fucking shit up. So just pin, pin all of this on Shane, wash your hands of it, and, you know, let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty shitty. He's just trying to – he wants Vic to – Basically, give him Shane and, you know, move along. Which I don't know how that would really work. Like, that'd be... <laughs> Julian saw them all doing it. So it's not yeah. like... Yeah, you could just be like, oh, it was all Shane. He was supposed to bring the drugs right to the station. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear ya. Um, That'd be a tough sell. But, yeah, so you kind of wonder that, given the fact that him and Shane have been at odds all episode, like, maybe he's going to do it, but... Turns out, no, not so much. He, uh, he has a scene with Shane where he sits him down and he kind of tells him about Matthew's autism. And he's like, yeah, it's been real tough. But, you know, I realized recently that I love this kid more than ever. Um, I'm never never going to give up on him. And I'm not going to give up on you either, Shane. So you yeah. Realize, oh, he's not going to. He's got Shane's back no matter what. Yeah. Which I do like. Uh, 
before that, Dutch goes to that medium. The, the message she has is that Sally Struthers says that <laughs> don't give up. You're the only one fighting for her. So yeah. whatever. What a useless message. Yeah. How about you give uh, me the killer's name if there really was a message coming from Sally? Whoever Latino brass guy was gets a file from Aceveda about Vic. Yeah. Gilbert told him, you know, make sure there's no leaks on this. And they're like, yeah, yeah, no leaks. And then Aceveda immediately just leaks it to this guy so that he can leak it to the press. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, uh, Julian and Tremor 4, uh, they're having, you know, a, a talk, a BJ, that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, Vic walks, busts in because, you know, he's serving an open warrant probably from the episode before or whenever that was yeah. on, on Tremor's 4. So he busts in. Julian's getting head from this dude. And he, he arrests that guy. And now Vic has one up on Julian. Yeah, and we never do find out how exactly he knew about this whole thing, but you can just kind of figure oh, that's that's what Vic does. <laughs> if he realizes there's a problem. He's going to follow Julian and fucking do everything he can to make this go away. Yeah. He'll find a way. Yeah. So I gave this like a seven and a half out of ten. Originally, I gave it a seven out of ten, but then after I watched it again earlier today, I bumped it up a half because I was like, well, it's not too, too bad. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I could see like a seven. Maybe I might even go as low as a six. Parts of it are good. Like, I do like the stuff with the, the, the strike team and the IAB stuff. Um, that stuff's good. It's just the most of the episode is eh, not, not the greatest. Yeah, I hear you. Like you right. got the, the whole hate crime thing is not that good. The investigating the medium is not that good. And then Danny and Julian don't really have any kind of thing they're doing this episode other than talking to IED and fighting with each other. Yeah. So, that is kind, of a, kind of a weird one. I think it was more of a gap filler episode to kind of move the IED stuff along a little bit. I mean, here this is just my suggestion, but Julian and Danny need things to do. Yeah. They can't just be talking. <laughs> they got to be chasing somebody down or whatever, under gunfire, something. Yeah, they don't have the uh, the personality to carry off just interpersonal scenes the whole time. Right. Yeah, I, I hear you. Not so much. All right, so. Yeah, I do love the way that Vic handled this situation with Julian, uh, which we'll see more of the next episode. Because um, you can see that he doesn't want to have to kill Julian. Not that he, I don't think he could get away with it again. <laughs> like, that would pretty much be a red flag if the, another guy who's going IAD about him winds up dead. Yeah. Um, that, I don't know that there's any way he could get out of that one. But I think he also just doesn't want to do that again. Like, he'll find some other way. And if he has to resort to blackmail, then he'll do that instead. But at least he's trying to keep Julian alive. So I guess that's something. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And it is something where it's like, oh, of course that's what it was. Like, they were kind of setting the seeds for this all the way through those episodes. We're just like, oh, yeah, Julian's got a secret. And now he's going to IED. Like, you got to figure those plot lines are going to coincide at some point. Okay, so best guest star? Best guest star? I went with uh, Rick Gonzalez. Um, not that his anything he did in this episode was all that great, <laughs> but he is one of those guys that's gone on to be in a lot of things. 
Uh, he was like the gang member that they interviewed a couple of times. Like they interviewed him at the beginning with like the big crazy hair. Oh, um, he had the knife uh, and the coke on him. Yeah, and he's the one that shoots George at the end. Yep. Okay, that guy. All right. Yeah, like that guy's been in a lot of stuff. Like he was, he played Pat Smear in that movie they made about the germs. Um, and he was in uh, that Reaper show on the CW that Kevin Smith directed the pilot of. Yeah. And uh, he had a big part on Arrow in like the recent seasons as uh, Wild Dog. So he's one of those guys that's appeared in a lot of stuff. So I see that guy everywhere. So I just thought it was cool that he was on the Shield back in the day before he really started getting going. So Kevin Smith only directed the pilot. I think, yeah, I think that was the only one he did. Oh, I thought that was like his show. I just was. No, I think they just brought him in. He didn't write the script or anything. He just, they just brought him in because he wanted to do it. Oh, I see. All right. Yeah, that was a good show. Tyler Levine was there and uh, Ray Weiss from Twin Peaks. Oh, he he's in that? It. Is that the yeah. one with the hockey? Uh, yeah. Yep. The, Monro- I think they did the, play the Monroeville Zombies? Uh, maybe. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I used to live in Monroeville. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right. Uh, my best guest star, I went with Gina and a question mark. Um, <laughs> you know, I know you like her. There's, there wasn't a whole lot of people in this episode that were, you know, out of the regular cast, really. So I just yep. went with Gina again. Yeah, good old Dina. <laughs> or Dina, that's you right. Get her name like right. Gina. I wrote down the wrong name. It's Dina, shit. <laughs> See, that kind of ties into uh, my MVP, because uh, I didn't know who to really pick for this one. No one I really didn't either. Out to me. <laughs> like, so I decided I was going to go with the uh, the Shields costume designer, whoever decided to put Dina in that belly shirt. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh. I didn't know we could be that elaborate with it. All right. <laughs> Because I, I wrote down, creative this time. I wrote Vic, I guess. That's what I wrote <laughs> yeah. for my MVP. I mean, not that, you know, there's just nothing really too memorable or heroic in this episode. Yeah, nobody had anything that meaty to do. It was just kind of a filler episode. Yeah, yeah. Nobody stood out about everybody else. Like, But they were all solid enough, but just yeah. no standouts. I mean, okay, so best or biggest fuck up, I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's gotta go Yeah, I think he's really earning the Vendrell Cup uh, for yeah. pissing on a guy. Yeah, kicking him in the balls. Who really had nothing to even do with this. Uh-huh. Like, those guys were just dead ends. <laughs> yeah, didn't even do anything. No. <laughs> yep, just kicked him in the balls and pissed on him. Yeah, and he pissed off Vic for the whole autism thing. So he was just fucking up left and right. But yeah, at least Vic didn't give up on him. So that's something. Yeah. Um, let's do best quote. There wasn't a whole lot, uh, I thought, as far as best quotes. Um, speaking of that scene, though, with the pissing on the suspect, I did like Vic's line about, you're being a huge pain in the ass lately. Should I take a piss on you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's a good one. It's a good comeback. I like that. Um, there, there's a scene where, uh... You know, Gilroy tells Aceveda, you know, oh, my, my my captain and my best cop aren't getting along. And then he's like, make friends or I'm going to have to make a choice. And you're not going to yeah, like yeah. it. So, you know, right there, he's got Vic's back. But for me, I think, I think quote of the episode is at the end of the episode, Julian and Tremors 4. When Tremors 4, four like he wants Julian to like, he, want, he you know, he, he's talking about maybe being a cop or whatever. 
And, uh, but Julian doesn't like, he doesn't want to associate with the guy. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, yeah, yeah. Julian be his reference on something he's applying for. He yes. Do it. I thought it was police work of some kind. Oh, I thought, but anyways, tremors for he, he's all upset and shit. So he, he's like, Oh, good enough to suck. Not good enough to vouch for. So that that's that's my quote of the episode. Good enough to suck, not good enough to vouch for. That is pretty good. I yeah. want to get that tattooed on my chest. Oh, all right. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> It'll raise a lot of questions. Yeah, it sure will. <laughs> I did like uh, when Dina was in with IED, uh, and she kind of is really laying it on thick. She's just like... It's always sad when the people you expect to uphold the law end up breaking it themselves. Yeah. Yeah, she is she is a ham. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. And I didn't mind. The other line I wrote down was uh, when Dutch and uh, Claudette go to the medium, and uh, she's talking about the candles that she sells that are they're mostly you know worth that much because of the blessing ceremony. And Dutch is like, the blessing ceremony? What does that entail? Taking the price tag off and sticking it on a shelf? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then he's into it you know that's what's weird yeah and then he falls for it later it's like what yeah. the hell I hear you. <laughs> all right well there's, a, uh, there's another good scene too uh um after they have the 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 meeting with the latino brass and and that guy's all like this is a hate crime and shit and then uh gilroy and vic are talking and he's like we're dinosaurs vic and make no mistake, the meteor is coming. And I, I, I like that quote. Like, that was a good quote. That was him, like, kind of just being realistic. You know, hey, we're getting old, man, and your methods aren't working out anymore, and it's coming to yeah. an end. So, yeah. It's all, more, all this kind of scrutiny, especially, I mean, even more so now than it was back then, but even back then. Yeah. Um, and I think Vic was kind of, you know, he's like, oh, well, we're the ones wearing the badges, but, like, <laughs> but it's like, yeah. Maybe not for long. Yeah. So, very prophetic line, for sure. Um, uh, let's get to the big uh, the big one here. The Dumpy Award for the worst part of the episode. Oh. Uh, yeah, for me, <laughs> the opening scene where this older, kind of elderly black woman comes in and just holds court <laughs> in front of all these cops is not only the worst part of this episode, I think it's the low point of the entire series for me. Really? Yeah, it's always bumped me. I forgot about it when I watched this episode the first time. I was like, oh, no, this again. And I just cringe so hard. <laughs> so basically what happens is this woman comes in and she's like, I need to talk to somebody. And Dutch is all like, I'm busy. Go bother somebody else. And she's like, I need to talk to somebody. And then she's like, she just goes into this whole, I'm sick of the crime. There's too many crime. I can't even keep track of the crime. And it's just one of those. She keeps, she keeps listing crime and it's, it becomes like, uh, like Charles Bronson. And by the time he got to death with, uh, death with five, where you're just like, how many more things can happen to this guy? Yeah. <laughs> how many more of his loved ones can die? Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. It just kind of becomes funny at a certain point because there's just so many things she just keeps listing. Yeah, I, I I hear you. Like I don't love that scene. I mean, you're more you're well versed in this uh, more than I am, obviously. So I I can't I don't know. But if that's the low point of the series, we're all right. 
<laughs> Here's the biggest problem I have with that scene is so much of this show is trying to be not like a TV show. Like it's trying to be gritty and realistic and like, oh, they're like doing handheld cameras and shit like that. So you're all up in it. and It's not shot like a normal TV show. It's trying to feel kind of like realistic and kind of real life cop drama. Whereas this feels so scripted, so TV-ish, like something that I don't even think they would do on Blue Bloods because it's too corny. <laughs> <laughs> and yet here they're doing it on The Shield, and you're just like, oh, this completely takes me out of this. Like, no way do all those cops just stand there and watch this. I know. Like, they're doing stuff. They're fucking throwing suspects into the cage or something. They don't care. <laughs> no, no. But, yeah. She's, so, hold, yeah. she's holding court and everybody's just like oh okay yeah I, I hear you it's just too much yeah I'll go with that I guess what the fuck <laughs> or either that or that Danny Wood song one or the other yeah that's fair yeah. <laughs> that's a good runner up for sure or Danny Wood is that like the only thing that they could get rights to or something? I mean, maybe. Yeah, may, or maybe like, <laughs> you know, they somebody owed him a favor or something. Yeah, it's true. He signed a picture for their daughter, so they had to put his song in there. Um, all right. Well, let's do some uh, some superhero casting. This is where we try to find more roles in Hollywood for uh actors on the shield. Uh, try to figure out something that they could have played or could play. Um, mostly could have cuz a lot of them have probably aged out of these things by now. Yeah. But um, this first episode, we're going to take a look at Catherine Dent, who mm-hmm. um, plays Danny on the show. Yeah. Let's see what superhero roles she could have played. How uh, I, I I got a couple. They all suck. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got like, I just, I, I literally Googled boring superheroes. So... <laughs> I got Squirrel Girl. Like, I could see her like, all right, you know. <laughs> sure. Yeah, Squirrel that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I got I got Supergirl down because, you know, who's more boring than Superman? Supergirl. <laughs> well, I don't know if she's more boring. She's as boring. But, like, you know, unless there's kryptonite around, it's pretty Yonsville. And I don't want to see her replace Melissa Benoist because oh, that's no, a definite no, no. downgrade. <laughs> Superwoman, then, we'll say. Superwoman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Melissa Benoist, that girl is very cute. Yeah. Um, and then I, I went with Lady Stiltman because I saw that was <laughs> one of the characters. And I was like, all right, first off, Stiltman's a terrible character. We brought this up last week. Yeah. But yeah, then there's a week in a row we talked about Stiltman. <laughs> but why it. is it Lady Stiltman? Like, <laughs> why is there still a man in there? Like, it's part of the name. I got to believe that that – I'm not sure who came up with that one, but I got to believe that was when they were starting to just get weird and just trying to uh, make jokes at the expense of Siltman. Like, oh, okay. nobody I took him seriously, so I got to imagine that was a kind of a, a joke. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, if it's a joke, then I'm down. Yeah. But I could see her doing that role. That makes sense. She seems like a lady Stiltman. Yeah. What do you got? <laughs> Um, I went with uh, number one, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Because uh, anyone pretty much would be better than Brie Larson was. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not hard to do. No, and she's gotta, kind of very serious. And We got to pull the curtain back just a hair and let people know that you are a huge Marvel movie person. You love the Marvel sure. movies. You hate Captain Marvel. Yep. 
by far the most disappointing of all the movies. Although, even by the time it came out, I didn't have much hope, but still managed <laughs> to sink below that expectation level. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, I, I don't like it at all. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, the only other one I had was uh, the villain, Madame Mask. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. Nope. She was like a Marvel villain. Uh, a lot of times, I guess, fighting against Iron Man. Um, you know, some Avengers stuff probably in there. But uh, mainly like an Iron Man villain. She was kind of the daughter of Count Nefaria, who was another villain. Um, but she kind of like was in love with Iron Man at certain times, too. So she was kind of caught in between like the good and the bad side. So I kind of felt like that. I could see her pulling that off. <laughs> like she's kind of with Vic on one hand, but wants to do the right thing on the other hand. So it kind of is similar. And also, I mean, it's a role where you have to wear a mask the whole time, so you're not losing much there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Anybody that's all for that one. All right. Nope, just those two. Fair enough. Although I love Lady Stiltman. That might be the winner. <laughs> Lady Stiltman. That, just, that name just makes zero sense. And Squirrel Girl, really, that, one, that one's great. I should have thought of that. That's pretty, pretty perfect. Yeah, I, I could 100% see that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're moving on to eight. Yeah, episode eight, Cupid and Psycho. Yeah, directed by Guy Furland. Original air date, April 30th, 2002. Guy Fieri. Yeah, Guy <laughs> Fieri. Yeah, Guy <laughs> Okay, Perfect. so this episode, a little bit better... Yeah, uh, a little bit better. No, it's still not great. There's, you know, there's it's issues. interesting. Yeah, it's not like classic Shield. It's a very, it's very much there to be a change of pace, I think, from the other episodes. Um, it's trying to do its own thing. Whereas we, in this episode, we kind of get to see different people working together than we normally do. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, this, my my phone's ringing in the background. I don't know if you can hear it or not. Jesus yeah. The strike team's kind of disbanded for the week or so until they figure out what's going on and, you know, what happened and shit like that. So they got Vic. Vic's paired up with Claudette and Shane's with Dutch. Now, Ron and Lamb are, once again, nowhere to be found. Yep. Yeah, we don't need you guys again, you know. <laughs> Dutch. So Maybe they're know. suspended without pay. They're really going to stick them with the crime. They Instead could. of putting it on Shane, they'll just dump it on them. <laughs> yeah. So... There's a car chase going on uh, throughout the city of Farmington. I don't know, Los Angeles, whatever. It's being covered by the, the copters. It's on TV. And Danny and Julian are part of it. Um, they're not the main, you know, they're not the main uh, pursuer, but they're, they're, they're taking part, doing their thing. They're blocking the roads and shit. Um, so, meanwhile... Gilroy is back with Aceveda and he's pissed about he knows Aceveda leaked the information to the newspaper. There's a newspaper headline that says something about uh, Farmington District, illegal cop activity or something, something to that effect. Um, Now, Gilroy knows Aceveda had to be the one that leaked his story to the press because there was only a couple people that knew. So he, he knew. Yeah, there's nothing in it for ID to do it, and he obviously didn't do it, so. Yeah. 
clearly he was in it for Acevedo who's looking for those sweet, sweet headlines about how he's bringing down dirty cops. And then right as he leaves, he says something like, uh, you want to leave now or you, you, you want you want a couple days to get your shit together or whatever? <laughs> so yeah, basically, yeah. Gilroy's pissed. But um, Acevedo kind of counters with, you know, hey, if you get rid of the one cop who's trying to clean things up, like, how's that going to look? The chief's going to love that. Yeah, I hear you. Kind of so we cut back to the car chase and the car crashes and the driver dies. But Julian, you know, being that the great rookie cop that he is, he sees something in the trunk or sticking out of the trunk or he hears something in the trunk and they pop the thing. They pop the trunk. Mm-hmm. Darth Maul's in the trunk. <laughs> Just laying there, and I was like, oh, this is how Darth Maul became Darth Maul. He was uh, cooking up meth, and he blew up. So basically, there's this there's this charred-up dude in the back of the trunk who's not dead. Like, he nope. opens his eyes, yeah, and they all eyes like... eyes pop open, everyone freaks out. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. I like it. Um, yeah, I guess I, I did listen to the commentary on this one, and uh, they were talking about, like, in real life, like, burn victims would kind of be white. <laughs> uh, oh, really? Like, it wouldn't... It wouldn't play out that good on camera, so they went with this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, because he does look like Darth Maul. <laughs> he doesn't have the horns. He very much does, yeah. yeah he does look like Darth Maul. <laughs> it's, it's black and red and, yeah, all yeah. that. It's very Darth maul Yeah, he just needs a lightsaber and some buds sticking up out of his head, and you got him. Um, and then 4.50 into the show, theme song, Jank. Here we go. Bump, 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 bump. It's time for the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we get a scene next where Shane and Vic run into Danny and Julian in the hallway. And they're asking about the guy in the trunk but then Shane says something about maybe he was a rat, and then he pushes Julian, and then Julian's like, "Well, fuck you," and then like he pushes back, and they almost get into a fight. And once again, here's Shane, like once again, dude, you got to keep it in check once in a while. You can't yeah. be fighting people. You can't be pissing on people. Yeah, Vic's got a plan to try to make this thing go away. That Shane is just kind of pissing all over. Yeah. By fucking it up here by trying to rile up Julian. Um, apparently this, uh, scene, like they did, a couple people did get injured. I think Catherine Dent got like elbowed in the head or something. And oh, like Vic might've gotten hit at one point. Like apparently oh. it did get, uh, to get pretty rough. And, uh, Shane, like uh, Walton Goggins was talking about like when he pushed, uh, Michael Jason and he was just like, like, I was like, Oh God, I fucked up. <laughs> like this guy is a fucking mountain. <laughs> yeah. He's going to murder me. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we cut back then. Uh, Tremors 4 is in the cage because, as we remember at the end of last episode, Vic busted in when him and Julian were getting it on, arrested Tremors 4. So he's in the cage now, and he, he needs Julian to give him a hand or whatever. But then Vic shows up, and they start having this, you know, he starts making these. I don't know what I don't know how to write up this arrest record or whatever. You know, he's like, and then Julian's like, oh, if you got a problem, why don't you say it to me? And blah blah blah. And they get into their little thing or whatever. Um, so it's basically Vic telling Julian, listen, I know obviously what's going on, and at any point I could let everybody else know what's going on. 
Yeah. At one point so, he says, like, I don't even have to prove that you're gay. Like, all, all I got to do is infer it, and people will run with this story, and you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. They find out, uh, Claudette and Vic find out that Trunk Guy was burned up in a meth lab. They get, like, the fucking whatever lab results back, I guess. Also, Veda's meeting with that Machado guy about the city council and the newspaper story and all that kind of shit. You know, more, you yeah, know. Yeah, Machado is very excited about these headlines. He's going to back him now for city council. She was kind of on the fence about it before, but now he's like, it's official. Yeah, I'm going to definitely back you. Yep. Um, Dutch asked Danny about the sergeant's test, and she's like, I don't know. But yeah, she finally took it after all these episodes of talking about it. I guess she's finally taken the sergeant's exam. Yeah. We don't find out what, what the results were just yet. So she says, hey, I'm going to take you out for dinner, you know, that sort of thing. So they got a date like the next day, Danny and Dutch do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't. Yeah, it's um, not clear if it's like a friend date or she's just trying to thank him or if it's actually she's interested. So then, like Yeah. No, she yeah, she's not. Uh, so then this woman comes in, and she's looking for Detective Gammon or Gannon or something like that. She'd been trying to get a hold of him for a couple months, but he retired last year. So Dutch and Shane are, like, talking to this lady about, you know, well, what's going on. Um, I don't really remember what was going on, or maybe she doesn't say right then. I think, uh, it's, uh, I think she does. She says her husband was killed, and Gannon was supposed to be looking into it. Um. So now it's up to kind of Dutch and Shane to take on this case. And <laughs> Shane is just, Shane's pretty great in this episode. He's just a total sleaze. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. just trying to bang this lady. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he keeps talking about like, oh, you never gone back to get a witness statement like a month afterwards and like totally hooked up with him. Like, that's, that's totally what you got to do, man. Yeah. Like you've been doing this job all wrong. <laughs> um, yep. He's just shameless. So Vic and Claudette are talking to the, the driver of the car with Darth Maul in the trunk. They're talking to, to his girlfriend. She, he's dead. And she's like, he's not a drug dealer. He was a web page designer and shit. And so they figure out that, like, uh, the dude in the hospital was his buddy, the burn guy. Yeah. yeah. So they go there, and then, like, the burn guy's brother is hanging out there. And they're like, he, they want me to pull the plug and shit on him. So that's what's going on there. I can't remember like I, I, can't remember. I, I like how uh, Vic and Claudette are kind of having to talk about like well, Vic's like oh man if that was me like pull the fucking plug and Claudette's like no keep it in for as long as you can for me. Oh like, yeah yeah. That? Like yes. if you're like that horribly burned like who wants that? No. Yeah. <laughs> like it beats the alternative. I'm like why why would that beat the alternative? Yeah, Claude, that's all. Like, keep the Hoover Dam running until, you know, I can't yeah. I can't do it anymore. Keep me alive. Um, but I do like that we get to see kind of Vic and Claude at work together in this episode. That's yeah. one of the stronger things I've in this whole episode to me is their dynamic. Because, like, at this point, they are kind of on the same page. Like, they, she doesn't totally approve of all of his shenanigans, but she's not, you know, out to get him. Or anything. No. They're, they're getting along, and you know, we, as we talked about, Vic does respect Claudette. Yeah. So uh, he actually does have a lot of respect for her. They kind of take on this idea where, like, we both have our own ways of solving cases that work, so we'll switch on and off. Like, 
we'll do one clue my way and one clue your way. And uh, so that's a kind of an interesting dynamic and a gimmick that kind of works throughout the episode. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Danny tells Julian that she asked for another partner, you know, whatever. Same sob story between those two. But then they show up to the Slash Tire House from episode one. One. Yeah, it's one? From okay. So from the pilot episode, if you guys remember, there was a storyline where Julian and Danny uh, were investigating this. There was like a threesome, two guys and a woman and slash tires and a love triangle and that kind of shit. So they show back up at the house again, the same house, same trio of idiots. Um, why are they there initially? Uh, initially, they are there because the she is now this this woman. Uh, she is back with the first boyfriend. Uh, and the second boyfriend, he is now showing up being belligerent and causing problems. Uh, I think he's just yelling and shit. Oh, he wrote ho on the, uh... <laughs> I don't think that's, oh, I, I think that's that later? later. Yeah, that's okay. later. So huh. it's just them, like, she, yeah, she's with the, the other guy. Whoever no, she no, I think it is then. I think it is then that basically... Oh, it's got to be, right? Because I think they show up later, and then the the second guy is back again. Yeah. So yeah, this whoever has gotta she, be when it's got It's got to be when it says ho. Whoever she ended up with at the end of episode one, she's now with the other guy, I think. Yeah. Now that guy's in, and the guy she was with in episode one is all outside, like, you know, what the fuck, man? And here's the other thing. Like, I, don't, I don't understand what they're fighting over. <laughs> no. They could both do better, I think. Yeah, I could... I could throw a dart into a Walmart and get you one of them. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, it's not exactly the bell of the ball. No. The bell of the ball. <laughs> you know what that's from? It sounds familiar. And you would be the bell of the ball. Prison Mike? Oh, yes. Prison Mike from the <laughs> office. Oh, we're back talking office. Yeah, again, every week. I yeah. like it. Yeah, every it's week we got to get a little bit of office talk in. Just a smidge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Aceveda tells his wife about the council. I'll be honest with you. I like Aceveda's wife. That's good. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. She's, she's not bad. She's got, like, she got cool eyes. I like them. All right. So she's like, you're not getting any. And he's like, oh, I'm going to be a city council member. And then she's like, oh, well, maybe you'll get something. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Um, let's see. Vic and Claudette talk to, like, the leader of the frat house? Yeah. Yeah, the meth storyline gets a little convoluted at a certain point where just you're trying to figure out who is doing this and who is, Yeah, know, we haven't even why. established that. But Darth Maul, who is making the meth, uh, apparently this meth is very toxic. It's killing yeah. people. Like, it's very highly potent and shit. A bunch of college students are coming into the ER, like, ODing. So they realize there's something wrong with this with this meth that's been made here. Um, and it's got a Cupid on it. There's no Walter right. White behind this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not blue or whatever. It's, yeah. it's junk. Just a bunch of idiots, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's garbage. <laughs> so uh, the frat house, I guess, as part of their pledge or whatever, they made a bunch of the... Uh, 
bunch of the pledges do like meth before they go to class. <laughs> so they'd send them to class high. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, they were using that bad meth, so that's why so many of them are showing up at the ER. Um, so they kind of get the college guys that are doing that, but they realize that like a whole shit ton of this stuff was taken by some other guy, this third party Manny Sandoval guy. Uh, who basically, you know, they owed him money, so he just came and took a bunch of the drugs, and he's got like 10 pounds of it or something like that, some huge yeah. amount still out there. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, th- this dude, the, the frat guy says they bought this shit off of F.A. or Hefe or something like that. F.A.? Hefe? Yeah, Hefe. Yeah. Something like that. <sighs> so they go, I'm trying to think how this worked out. Uh, I don't remember how they. I don't remember how they find Hefe. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know at one point Vic taking somebody into the. Like the car oh no no no! They show up at the frat. They show up at the frat, and mm-hmm. there's a sheep and a bunch of pledges, <laughs> and they're all getting ready, I guess, to bang the sheep, and they arrest this dude, and then Vic yeah. tells Claudette, "Oh, we're gonna do this one my way." <laughs> so. They, they take him back, I guess. They start interviewing him. Dutch is still talking to that woman who's, you know, asking about, you know, the case and her husband's murder and that sort of thing. And Shane's flirting with her. Shane is my MVP for this episode. I'm going to just say yeah. that. He is, <laughs> I had the same thing. He's awesome in this episode. He's hilarious. Um, but meanwhile, there's another scene with Vic and Julian in the bathroom where Vic's kind of blackmailing him. You know, like, hey, I've been looking out for you and stuff. You know, I don't, you know, I don't yeah, have. You've gone to IED yet and retracted your statement. Like, <laughs> yeah. So Julian's like, well, forget it. I ain't doing it. And I'm like, Vic's like, all right, well, I'm going to turn this arrest report in. And then he's like, I don't, you don't have to prove that you're not gay. He's like, all I have yeah, to do is yeah. tell people you are gay and that's it. It's over. So he goes out, he gets in line to turn his report into the desk sergeant or whatever. And then Julian calls him. He's like, no, 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 don't do that to me, Vic. So then, so then uh, Julian goes in and talks to Austin. Yeah. Yeah. He was at the wire. And uh, he he just tells him like, um, Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know what happened. I'm not sure now. (laughs) So Osvaldo is all I don't know how he, how he gets away with that. Like, I hear you. like, you fucking told us on the record and shit that you saw this. Like, how can you just say now that you're not sure? It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. So Osvaldo like slams the door, the the glass and the door breaks. That's how mad he yeah. is. He's pissed. Apparently, Dina's word doesn't count enough. <laughs> they well, don't believe that enough, even though she's got they got a record of her saying, you know, hey, there were drugs in here, and then this guy died of a drug overdose. Yeah. Well, she's a she she's a criminal too, though. It's true. And they make reference to something like Vic's got a lot like Vic, Vic's got a lot of high you know high profile friends and lawyers. You gotta you gotta be a hundred percent sure on every single thing. So they know that like you know the criminal, uh, you know the, the, that Dina like her 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 statement's not gonna convict Vic. Yeah, without the cop uh, testimony. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So now Julian and Danny are back at the Slash Tire House. This is where Ho comes in. They show up and somebody wrote Ho on the door. And I think that girl at this point swapped dudes. Uh, Not yet, because by the time she swapped... Oh, this is where I think they they decide they're going to get a restraining order. 
against the, the other guy. Um, so they go to the station and fill that out based off the fact that he wrote Ho. Oh, okay. then, then later they show up again and it now says Shu because she's back with the guy who wrote the Ho. Yeah. <laughs> He's spelled an H-O-E. Yeah. <laughs> so then when he was like, back I, I couldn't in, erase it, so I just added the S to make yeah. <laughs> figure this was the next, next best thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the shoe house. Uh, we get a scene with Vic and his wife looking at some school for Matthew or whatever. Yawn. Yeah, um, they're having a little bit of marital problems because of this whole thing. She wants to go back to work. Vic's like, uh, no, don't do that. You'll just waste all the money on daycare while you're at work and shit. Like. I'll just pick up extra shifts, which is just it's just kind of putting more pressure on him to be constantly working. Yeah. Um, Aceveda, this, uh, I think this is also the terrible scene with his daughter, right? His real life daughter. Uh, like, talking yeah, about Matthew's problems. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and why he doesn't listen, and she's like, he's just like he needs help. She says, big sister, help. Oh, yeah, Big Sister Hope, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure this is that scene, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's bad times. Aceveda sends a priest to talk to Julian. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to call Pastor Reeves, because that's oh, who he seems yeah. like. Pastor Reeves, yeah. <laughs> he's just smoking, he's out there smoking and, like, cursing yeah. and shit. He doesn't seem like a, you know, a normal preacher. The only thing better than an unfiltered smoke is unfiltered prayer. <laughs> Yeah. That's a pretty great line. Yeah. Uh, this is where so now we got this is where Clutch or Clutch Claudette and Vic go and arrest that frat dude. Yes. So they they arrest him and they they got him in the uh, thing with um his dad. Yeah. Yes. Is his dad his lawyer? I think that must be why he's there. Oh, I I don't know. I didn't. I just figured he's maybe. Well, I guess he's over eighteen. Yeah, I don't know. 18, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's in college. I don't know. But anyways, they basically tell the dad, like, he's like, oh, it's just, you know, college pranks, you know. And they're like, well, he's fucking dealing drugs and shit. And the dad flips out (laughs) on the kid. And then Vic tells Claudette, I like doing things your way, you know, (laughs) because this was Claudette's interview. And so, like, she just kind of led this kid in and then let the dad just take care of this kid's fucking shit. That's probably my quote, uh, best quote of the episode, honestly, is Vic just saying, like, I like doing things your way. Mm-hmm. It's so simple, but it's great. <laughs> um, Turns out her way isn't that different from his. Let's see. Claudette and Vic arrest victim's brother, uh, yep. Man- Manny Sandoval, holding rest of meth. So Yeah, Manny Sandoval apparently is some criminal that... Claudette had run a foul of like a year beforehand and he managed to skate on whatever charges they uh they came up with so she's had it in for this guy for a while and now that she hears his name is involved with this case she's like oh boy this yeah is my chance to get him and then Vic's all like who's Manny Sandoval and I never heard of that guy and she's like do you know every criminal and she's like after we arrest this guy I will <laughs> he says something like yeah. that so, oh, then, cocky, Vic. so then they go into Aceveda and they're like, we need 20 grand. And Aceveda's like, are you fucking kidding me, Vic? Like, you're under all these investigations. You just want me to give you $20,000 now? 
And then Claudette's like, well, you'll, you'll be giving me the money. And he's like, oh, all right. Well, then we'll do it then. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't know why he was he would, you know, be that up in arms about it the whole time because he knows he's fixed working with Claudette. He's not doing this on his own. Like then I could see there being an issue, but he knows that they're partnered up there. She's going to be there the whole time with this. Yeah. She won't go in for that kind of nonsense. Um, Dutch shows up to that lady's house. You know, yeah. hey. He's a follow-up question. Just like Shane said. Yeah. Hey, Shane got but in his ear. I, yeah, I, could, I couldn't tell if that was him actually trying to pull that trick off or if he was just actually there to get a statement. <laughs> I mean, he could have just called her, you'd think, if he just needed a little bit of info. Yeah. Like, he uh, does seem throughout the episode that he's not trying to take advantage of her, like Shane's suggesting. He even tries to put her off at the end of the episode a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we got Aceveda and Julian talking again about recanting his testimony and shit. And Aceveda tells Julian, you better call your PBA rep because you're probably going to get fired for this. Yeah. yeah. He's mad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Vic and the wife talking about school again. Yawn. Uh, Osservate and his wife are now talking about the headlines not being true. Yeah. So now that the whole strike team case is falling through. Like she thinks, oh, there's no way my child's gonna back me now. Like the whole case fell apart. Now, like now I'm fucked. <laughs> and we got once again we're back into where like Osservate doesn't, you know, he he's not mad that you know they're not taking a bad cop down or a bad group of cops he's mad now because the headline looks bad and he might not get that city council job yep yeah, yeah. it's true it's, it's not he about really cares about his own interest really yeah. at the heart of it yeah uh here here's where we're back uh with julian danny and the dudes has swapped at this point now the first guy is back in and the other guy's back out again um now here's a good scene uh so Dutch and Shane are interviewing this guy who was friends with this lady's husband or business partner, friend, whatever he was. Mm-hmm. Um, this is I love this scene. Oh, this scene is great. Dutch is conducting the interview and, you know, he's being Dutch about it. He's very <laughs> thorough and he's slow burning it. And he's he's trying to, you know, he's trying to almost like. Uh, trick the dude into like yeah. admitting he's guilty and shit. And Shane just grabs him by the neck. He's like, why the fuck did you kill him? Why did you kill him? And he's like, oh, I didn't mean to kill him. Or, you know, and so the dude confesses <laughs> yeah. within five seconds. It's, it's yeah. fucking hilarious. They're, they're such a great team. I wish yeah. they would have teamed up more. Yes. Because <laughs> Shane is loving it. As soon as they get out, he's like, oh, man, this is the best. Like, you yeah. set him up and I knocked him down. Yeah. <laughs> he's having the greatest time. <laughs> I do like that the guy's just like, why didn't you arrest me like months ago? <laughs> Why'd it take you so long to catch me? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that guy does say that. That guy's been in some stuff. Like, he's another one of those guys who's been in like 50 things that you've seen, but you can't name any of them right off the top of your head. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I've seen that guy in shit. I don't know who he is, but I've seen him. All right, so we got Vic and Claudette listening to old wiretap stuff. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I, don't even, I, don't even, I blocked that out, apparently. Yeah, I did, too. don't even remember what that has to do with the meth, but... Yeah, and then they arrest Manny. 
Yeah, they bring Manny in. Yeah. But uh, that pretty much goes nowhere. But they somehow work out some kind of a deal with him where he's not going to face any charges, but he does tip him off to where the meth is. Just like, oh, maybe you should check here. <laughs> yes. But it's not mine. True. <laughs> um, so he ends up skating again, and they still can't arrest him. So uh, Claudette's still kind of got this mad on for him. And Vic is also aware of this guy now, and he wants him real bad, too. Yeah, he's like, uh, you caught me on a bad day today. You're, you're <laughs> like, you lucked out. It's kind of handcuffed. Yeah. He's like, you're on my radar now, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> I'd be shit scared if I was Manny. So Shane and Dutch tell that woman what happened with that Ari guy that he killed the husband. I can't remember why. I'm sure it had money or something to do with it. Yeah, it I guess uh, the, the husband's business partner was stealing money, and he, the husband had figured out figured it out, and he was going to confront him. So uh, basically, he killed killed the guy before he could rat him out for stealing all this money from the business. So then Dutch goes over and tells Danny, I can't go to dinner with you. I have a friend in crisis right now. And that's like the same shit she told him that night that they were studying at her house. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, I got a friend in crisis. So he bolted and then it turned out it was Vic. Well, Dutch don't have a friend in crisis. He's going he's going to hang out with that lady. Yeah. I don't know her name. Dinner at her house. Yeah. Um. Oh, we should mention that earlier after the scene where they where the one lady has flipped boyfriends yet again. Uh. Danny does kind of pull her aside, and she's just like, you got to stop doing this. Like, we keep coming out here all the time. You're, like, clearly these both of these guys are way into you, and you just keep working them up and twisting everything around. Like, you got to just pick one and stick with it. And she's just kind of blowing it off, like, bad, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, maybe she should have heeded that advice. We got Vic and Julian in the bathroom again. Listen, they spend a lot of time in the bathroom together, these two. Yeah. I like that Vic's like, oh, well, if we keep meeting like this, people are going to start talking. But not about anything they heard from me. Yeah, yeah, they didn't They didn't hear it from me, but yeah. So then, yeah. all right, hold on a second. The dog's going back out again. <laughs> this dog is outside more than I do. I hear you. I don't fucking understand. It's only been like a half hour. <laughs> Um, here's what I don't get about this scene. So then Julian confides in Vic and tells him, like, I'm not gay. I got this thing inside of me and I push it down. And it just seems weird for him to tell Vic this. He doesn't tell anybody anything. Yeah, I can kind of see that on one level for sure. I think the only reason he does is just because he's being confronted with it by Vic. Like, Vic knows, so it's not like he can hide it he's got to say something i guess yeah and i mean i guess the fact that vic does know makes it okay for him to talk to him about it whereas he can't do that with other people yeah Uh, he kind of mentions like i can't like me and tomas are through now because i basically rejected him and you know didn't (laughs) didn't you know wouldn't say that i was actually in a relationship with him or anything like that wouldn't uh, own that at all and he can't tell his pastor he's like i got nobody so i guess vic's kind of the only one he can talk to and yeah weird way. yeah i guess so yeah and i do i do like that vic is trying to reach out to julian in the scene like he just fucking fucked this guy over so hard but at the same time he 
it's not that he's doing it because he hates Julian for being gay. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. He's not, like, homophobic at all. Like, he really doesn't give a shit. He's just using this because he knows it, it's useful info. Like, he, this isn't something he wants to do because he has anything against Julian. He's just trying to, you know, get him so much fire here. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he doesn't all. end up in prison. Yeah. So it's not anything personal. It's no vendetta or anything. He He's literally trying to help this guy while he's stabbing him in the back at the same time. Yeah, because he tells him, all, I'm here for you, man. Yeah. So it's an inter- it makes for an interesting character when you can do something so shitty, but yet also try to be decent at the same time. Um, then we get, you know, Dutch is at that lady's house. They're cooking and romance and yada, yada. Um, we get Gilroy telling Vic that he put the strike team back together, but he told basically, I'm done. I'm, I'm tired. I can't do it anymore. You yeah, guys, yeah. you know, he's just, he's, he's washing his hands of it. He's like, basically, you know, you're on your own from here on out. Vic's been uh, using that, that relationship quite a bit these last couple of months. He's really been putting him through the ringer. And then... We just get an everyone at home montage. Like everybody. Yeah, to a to a terrible song. <laughs> I don't remember the song. Oh, my God. I uh, it really just more. I watched this episode for this show. Like, I'm just like, oh, I hate this. Why is this song playing? It seems like the kind of a song people named Brandon might like. Oh, I see. <laughs> One of those kind of hipster songs. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. All but uh, about, like North Carolina. Oh, I remember it. Just the dude's voice is like annoying as fuck. It's just like, it sounds like some kind of church song, but made rednecky. I don't like any 47. Yeah, I hear you. Yes, I gotcha. Um, so yeah, we see everybody like kind of doing their thing, you know, outside of the house. And then we go back to slash tire house and they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. The lady and uh, one of her boyfriends is dead. The other one came back and fucking killed him. Yeah, and Claudette's there, and he's arrested, and he just gives her a dirty look and shit. Yeah. And Should have taken Danny's advice. Yep. Yeah, really, just pick one and move on. It is crazy, though, because, like, in the pilot, you didn't ever thought that that was ever going to come back. Like, you know, those characters figured that was just, some, oh, this funny little thing that happened, like, this lady and, this, and her boyfriends. And then it comes back in this episode and just ends tragically at the end. <laughs> yeah, they're just dead. Yeah. So. Although uh, I did yeah. also like in the uh, the shots of all the people at home and stuff like that. I like the chain is still. Uh, he's at the at the precinct still working out <laughs> and checking out his ass in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I couldn't tell if it was his ass or if he was kind of like thrusting his dick back and forth like oh, <laughs> this is what i look like when i fuck i don't know what he was doing yeah either way he's he's way into his body and how good shane he loves shane he is loving it yeah <laughs> still yeah he's he's phenomenal in this episode <laughs> definitely mvp yep i think we're in agreement there that the mvp yeah. of this episode goes to shane for hell yeah really just comical gold yes i agree All throughout. But that's the end of our episode. Uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Like, this one's a solid episode. Yeah, it is. I really do like seeing them have to partner up with different people. Yeah. It's definitely, it feels like a TV, you know, 
conceit. Like, how do we make a good episode? Let's do this. Let's switch the people up. But it does. It works because it's nice to see them out of their comfort zone and having to do different things. Well, here's another way they could switch things up is maybe bring Ronnie and Lem to work <laughs> once in a while. Switch it up that way. Yep. Give them a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> that might be something. <laughs> yeah, th- I think this is a good episode overall. And it definitely keeps the uh, the balls moving as far as, you know, Vic and the strike team being in trouble. And this kind of – there's always consequences to everything. So, like, this time they didn't pay the consequences too much. It was more Julian that kind of got the consequences, unfortunately, yeah. uh, who was just trying to do the right thing. And then they did also lose their kind of relationship with Gilroy which will kind of play out more as the, as the show goes along. So they did kind of lose that. So there were, there were consequences to that trouble that they started a couple of episodes ago. It's just uh, not always directly on them. Mm-hmm. I'm so with you on like that. that. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I guess uh, let's do the categories. All right. Uh, MVP, as we stated. I mean, that's Shane. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Um. What do you have for best guest star? Well, I went with AJ from Empire Records as Hefe. Oh, okay. That's who I went with. I like it. Definitely not the AJ from Empire Records. You know, he's a different. He's got a beard and shit, or I don't even know, long hair. He, he, you know, I didn't. I didn't recognize him at first. I recognized the voice, and I was like, "Is that yeah. AJ from Empire Records?" Because I love that movie. Me too. Oh. That movie's great. It is. People say it doesn't hold up, but last time I watched it, it was damn good. I watched it, no, I, I'd say within the last year, it definitely held, held up. Yeah. I love the it. Soundtrack's great. The whole thing's great. Sugar hot. <laughs> Renee Zellweger still can't sing after 30 years, but that's cool. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And yet they keep making her singers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't see the Judy. Did you see Judy? Yeah. I saw it in the theater for some unknown reason. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Weird. And? I see too many movies. I mean, it was okay. It's probably as good as you could do for a movie about Judy Garland at the end of her life. Oh. It's not like a biopic? Not really. There are some flashbacks to her, like in the, her younger days, but really it's kind of chronicling the last kind of months. Well, not even the last couple of months. Cause she doesn't die by the end, but you can tell that she's, you know, on her way out. <laughs> Is Liza in it? Um, no, I think her other kids were. <laughs> Maybe Liza wasn't. No, actually, Liza was in it a little bit. There's a scene where she goes to a party, and like, uh, I think she, like one of the people at that party that. Cause she like kind of ditches Liza and like hangs out with this like younger dude all night, and they end up getting married. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll probably pass on it. Yeah, it's not spectacular. You're not missing much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think AJ is probably the winner. I think the only other one for me who was in the uh, the contest was Julian's pastor, Pastor Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was good. I just yeah. liked that he was smoking all the time. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, he, he's keeping it real. He's, you know, he ain't scared. Yeah. He's probably drinking in the confessional a little bit. He's got a flask, I bet. Seems like that kind probably of thing. Probably watching all night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down with it. All right. Uh, what do you have for best quotes? 
Uh, let's see. I got, I, I, you know, like I like doing things your way, obviously is a good quote. Um, uh, at one point, Aceveda confronts Vic about well, after Julian recants his story and shit, and, and Vic says, no, I'm sorry, your headlines got screwed up. I thought that was a good one. But yeah. uh, there's another good quote, too, where um, when Vic confronts Hefe or whatever, and he, you know, AJ from Empire Records, and he's like, my father's a lawyer. And then Vic's like, mine was a bricklayer, so what? I thought that was a good quote. <laughs> but for me... Quote of the episode goes to Dutch. Uh, almost right at the end of the episode, Dutch and Claudette are back at the station together. They, you know, they're done for the day. And basically like, hey, how'd your day go with your new partner? And then Dutch says he's all excited and shit because, you know, he's kind of feels like, oh, I'm kind of part of the cool kid club today, you know, and stuff because Shane had fun with him and that sort of thing. And he, he looks over at Claudette real excitedly and he's like. Shane wants to hit the monster truck rally on Friday. <laughs> so I, th- I thought that was the core of the episode. That was a great line. Uh, I don't know that he's excited about it. I think he still doesn't. Like, you think you that's a mocking that Shane, excitement? Yeah. I think Shane definitely enjoyed working with uh, Dutch more than he thought he would. But I don't think Dutch ever really liked working with Shane. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I think I he, uh, yeah, he was just like, yeah, he wants to hit the monster truck rally on Friday. <laughs> Yeah, but he just has this goofy look on his face and stuff when he says it. I get the feeling that's kind of like, you know, back to the office. <laughs> that's like when, you know, when Michael wants to hang out with Jim. Yeah. Jim doesn't want that. <laughs> no. I'm giving blood. Didn't you just give blood? There's only so much you can give. Is there a limit? All right. Yeah. Jim always seems to work his, like, he knows how to work his way out of an awkward conversation without ever saying anything, but not being a dick about not answering the questions either. I don't know if you've ever yeah. noticed, that, but he, he's very good at that. Yes. He really very is. Very slick. Yes. <laughs> All right. So that's, that's the office portion of this show. <laughs> the, only, right. uh, the only other quote I had was that uh, Gilroy early on. He's talking about how the chief chewed him out. He's like, the chief dunked my balls like a couple of donuts in his morning coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I like Gilroy. He's he's a good actor. Like, he's good on the yeah. show. Yeah, I, I could use more of him. Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, yeah. I think they said that it was hard to get for him to get through scenes. But they're like, well, we weren't, like, mad at him. Cause it's not like he didn't prepare or something like that. It's just more that he was trying to find a way to make it natural. <laughs> So it's like, oh, it took him a lot of takes, but, you know, it was worth it. <laughs> why? I don't understand. Why did, why did Gilroy – because – I guess he had a lot of – like a hard time with his lines. Um, yeah. He said it wasn't that he just couldn't remember them. It's just I guess he couldn't figure out how to deliver them. Oh, <laughs> I see. Like, so he was going – he was having a lot of hard time kind of cognitizing it or something. I got gotcha. uh, Yeah, performance-wise, he was always great. Yeah. I like that guy. Um. All right, so what do we got next category-wise? Um, the Vendrell Cup for biggest fuck-up. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who to give it to. I gave it to Aceveda because... <laughs> it's true. You know, for the whole thing with leaking that story to the paper, and then it doesn't work out for him, you know what I mean? <laughs> his whole fucking plan got fucking thrown back in his face, basically. Although we do find out that Machado's basically like, ah, eh, whatever. The headline's yeah, the important part. Like they know that you tried to go after this guy. Like whether he actually succeeds or not, who cares? No one, no one's gonna follow up on this story, really. Yeah. The public has a short attention span. Um, 
yeah, that's that's definitely a, a swing and a miss <laughs> yeah. for him. He went hard after the strike team, and once again stands there holding his own dick in his hand. The 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 when Shane's your MVP, it's hard to find a fuck up. Like when he's the best part, everybody else is probably solid too. <laughs> yeah. And since there's no Ronnie or Lem, it you know I just went with Aceveda. You got nobody. <laughs> uh no, I think Aceveda is the winner. That's I'm with you on that 100%. Right. That works. All right. Well, uh, the Dumpy Award for the worst part of the episode. Mm. I, I mean, think that's yeah. got to be Big Sister help. Yeah. <laughs> anything, once again, you know, nothing personal. I just don't like the at-home shit with Vic. I just, it, yeah. I just don't, don't like it. None of the kids are that good of actors. His wife really isn't that great of an actress. Yeah. It's yeah, all just, just kind of negative. You're just like, uh, there's not really a lot of fun there. There's not. No, it's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah, just, just like how many more problems can we stack on this guy's life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. I, I, yes, that's what I'm saying. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> now comes the. The superhero casting, that's probably the, the most awkward. Uh, but we're going to take a look at Michael Jace, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Julian. Yeah. And uh, just kind of try to ignore the fact of what happened to Michael Jace as he went along in life after with the shield. <laughs> <laughs> um, just based on who he was on the show. <laughs> who, who, what do you got? <laughs> um, I don't have a whole lot. A lot of them are very similar. Uh, I thought if we could... He could basically either be the DC version or the Marvel version. Uh, Cyborg or Deathlock? <laughs> I don't know who Deathblock is. Deathlock? He was, he's kind of like Cyborg. He's uh, like a guy who was, you know, I think he died or something, and then they rebuilt him with Cyborg parts. So he's a lot like Cyborg. Um, he was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. early on, played mm. by J. August Richards, who is a guy who looks a lot like Michael Jace. So I could easily see him uh, slipping into that role. Mm. Yeah. Especially since you don't need a lot of personality because they're kind of part robots, which seems fitting for Julian. Yeah, that is true. Um, did you see they're going to release the uh, Zack Snyder cut of Justice League on that HBO Max thing next year? Yeah, I saw that. I don't know why people are expecting that to be any better. I hear you, but I don't know. Well, Dark Side apparently is in it at some point. Yeah, that's something. I yeah. wonder, I mean, unless they're reshooting most of the movie, though, it's probably going to be like a small tease, right? Because it seemed like he was always meant to not be the main villain. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I think it's a tease, yeah, as far as I know. But I also heard that this movie might have an over four-hour runtime, and they might split it up into, like, six parts. Holy shit. So they got to <laughs> be going back and uh, doing more filming, right? I, I, I know there's not like two hours that they already filmed and didn't cut out. You cut out. I don't know. I guess we'll see next year. Well, I mean, the good thing is it won't have that weird mustache on. Yeah. It's true. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it'll fix all the other problems, but. Um, I went with like Green Lantern because. Oh, okay. You know, the John he's, Stewart one. He's boring. 
I also went with Hawkeye because you know Hawkeye is also boring. <laughs> shit about Hawkeye. And then I went with boring. I went with Peter Parker, Spider Man. Do you know why? <laughs> I can't imagine any possible reason now. <laughs> uh, well, because uh, Peter Parker also killed his significant other. <laughs> so I went with him. <laughs> you know. Oh man. <laughs> I didn't think dark enough and outside of the box enough. No, yeah, I went I went, <laughs> I went dark on that one. I mean, god damn though, how do you kill like you just leave or whatever, you know what I mean? You don't kill your wife. Yeah. I think I know which wrestler I'm gonna cast him as next season. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a couple people he could be. There's oh no. Yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they got to do something about those concussions. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, the only other one I had for him was uh, Thunderball. <laughs> I don't know if you know who that is. No. Is that a genie? He was. Uh, I think it was, but this is unconnected to that. He was one of the Wrecking Crew. Uh, they're like Marvel villains who all have like enchanted construction objects. <laughs> The Wrecking Crew wasn't that uh, wasn't that Dr. Dre's group like before he became like very famous? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> that was he was in NWA, wasn't he? I mean, before that. Before that? Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of. He's a big, strong, guy. strong guy, so I figure he could do that. So I remember him here Long Goggins talk about him. Alliance. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Okay, yeah, I know this dude. I know yeah. Him. Thunderball. <laughs> so Thank if you're going to do the Wrecking Crew, I think Michael Jace could pull that off. Yeah. Oh, don't you know. Um, <laughs> we got anything else on this episode? Uh, no, I think we uh, we hit it all. Oh, we got okay. our office mentions in, so yeah. what else is there to do? Uh, well, looking ahead real quick. Episode 9, stanker. I, I, I got it really low. And then episode 10 seems to be a, a solid enough episode. So Yeah, I think once it's closer to the end of the season, they got to start building towards the, the season finale. So things get a little more exciting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it gets real good as, as we approach the end here. Yeah. But episode 9, stinker. Just a heads up. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> If the time code's ready next week, yeah, get to the next one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it. Till uh, next week. Bye, motherfuckers. Bye, motherfuckers. Hey, Mo. Your sister's ass really tastes as sweet as Alvarez here says it does. He wants to know what your mama's putting in the corn muffins.